0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another Future Sox podcast. We are in a special location tonight. We are in the studios at 670. The score, thanks to the guys for having me here tonight. Herb Lawrence, Chris Tannehill, and Shane Reardon, guys, uh, thanks for having me, and this is going to be a good time.
1: I'm looking forward to it. This is uh, an honor to be on Future Sox. Absolute honor. Thank you for coming.
2: Yeah, and thank you for coming to our home base here. Much appreciated.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, I was on the way home, and, and
0: Shane... Called me. He's like, "Why don't we just do it here?" And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, none of us thought about that before, instead of uh, doing it all over Skype. Will I it...
3: try to stay as far away from Herb and Tanny as possible during our everyday. So, and mm. imagine us like huddling around a cell phone on Skype talking to you. Did not <laughs> well, seem too attractive.
2: In that vein, I wanted to do all this over email. I thought that would be easier <laughs> for all of us. But you know, in the studio with microphones, probably better, better idea. So I
0: agree. yeah, so we're uh, we're on Twitter at Future Socks, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. But all right, let's get into it, guys. Um, First things first, we're gonna start with the current White Sox and uh Machado and Harper. Everybody's talking about it. It's February 5th. These guys haven't signed yet. Pitchers and catches report in a week. Guys, first of all, who do you think is the better fit for the White Sox? Obviously, they could use both of them, but if you can only pick one, who would you take, either Machado or Harper?
1: My guy would be Harper because I think it would be it'll be better for the White Sox to get the lefty power and also he can play right field and make Eloy play left field. Uh, I don't know if Eloy's arm is good enough to play right field, so I put him in a position where he's not a plus outfielder. Left field is pretty much, you know, you put that junk guy out there who just has a bat. So I think you move way too many pieces um, with Machado coming and he wants to be a shortstop. That makes Tim Anderson a center fielder, That makes or it makes uh, Eloy a third baseman, then Tim Anderson a second baseman. Too many moving pieces. You could just plug and play with uh with uh Bryce, and I think it's much more smooth transition. It seems like Manny's more of a guy that they want and more of a, a possibility for the Sox, but myself, Bryce Harper would be my guy if I was the Sox uh, executive.
2: I'm team Machado on this one. I think he's playing the more important position. Uh he's on the trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. And as far as what Herb said about what it does to guys like Tim Anderson, look, I love Tim Anderson. What he's done to work on his game, improve that defense, I respect him so much for it. And I love the mentality where he doesn't want to move from the position. That's the exact mentality he needs to have. But I'm sorry you're talking about Manny Machado. And if you want to turn Tim Anderson into a super utility guy, that would be great, too, because, you know, he's getting more and more. He's, you know, he's played third. He's played short. I don't know what he can do for you in the outfield. But it, it's Manny Machado. I think it solidifies the middle of the order, most important position on the infield. And I just I've been big on Machado this whole time. And I, you know I'd love you if they're one of them. You know, but I'm going Machado if you have to make you make the decision right now.
3: So I look at it as like a. Do you want to spend the rest of your life with Kelly Kapowski, or do you want to spend the rest of your life with Topanga? There, there's no, there's no wrong choice, and I know Herb, you're a big Danielle Fishel guy, and you're wrong <laughs> about that. But I, I look at it. Your that opinion
2: way. is wrong. Wow, here we go. So, it, it, do you <laughs> want five make,
3: minutes? Do you want to make 150 grand a year? Do you want to make 155 grand a year? Bryce Harper would be phenomenal for like the superstar aspect and being somebody that the South Side can market as a premier. This guy's got the looks, he's got the face, he's got the flowing hair, he's Hollywood, he's all of that. And the White Sox need one of those. They don't have one right now. But in terms of just being a pure baseball player, I see more consistency, and I see more staying power in Manny Machado than I do in Bryce Harper. And especially the, the Latino culture that the White Sox have already established. Manny Machado
0: fits in perfectly with that. I think, you know, like like you guys both said, either one, you can't go wrong with either one. None of us are going to complain if the Sox get either one of these guys. For me, it's got to be Manny Machado because now while all these guys are still prospects and, you know, honestly, none of them could pan out. It's not going to happen, but none of them could pan out. They're still prospects, but the Sox have a lot more outfield depth in that system than they do. Uh, on the infield now, obviously Jake Berger. Who knows what Jake Berger is mm, going to be? No, no clue. If Jake Berger would have torn it up, you know, the last two years and getting ready to start in Charlotte, that'd be a different story with Machado. I would, you know, I would lean towards Harper. But you look at the White Sox system, and there are so many outfield outfielders that have that potential. I think it's got to be Machado. Not gonna not gonna cry if it's, it's Bryce Harper though.
2: They have um, no shortstop depth in the organization. You know, So he fixes an immediate need for you, and you don't have to worry about it.
3: But Okay, but hold on. Who's to say he's 100% going to play shortstop? Who's to say that they're I going the, to let Tim Anderson j- just who, – who's to say they're going to put
0: Tim Anderson elsewhere? Just you, because he says he wants to be there, he's yeah. not going to be moved. He's a, he's a not glove well, third baseman.
2: I get it, but that's – you got to keep him happy. If you're yeah. bringing in a guy like this, you didn't, you know, he didn't come up through your system and that's what he wants to do. I mean, if he's going to be more happy, if you're going to get a bigger, you know, offensive output from him being happy, being that shortstop, then I think that's what you have to do. I yeah. mean, I'm willing to roll the dice on him at shortstop. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. He's not coming to the White Sox to play third base. He'll do that concession for the Yankees because he loves the Yankees. But the White Sox, they have to kowtow to him, which mm. I'm fine with. Hey, Tim, get your ass to center field, bro.
0: We're going to talk more prospects, uh, you know, more in depth in just a second. But some of the other guys that were former prospects, whether it's uh, with the Sox or with uh, another club, be it the Nationals, uh, the three guys. So we saw Lopez last year, and we saw Anderson, and we saw what they can do. And we're not, not too worried about those two guys. But three other guys, three of the other young guys that have the potential to be part of this lineup, hopefully, when they do make the playoffs. Joan Moncada Carlos Rodon, and Lucas Giolito. Giolito, bad last year. I mean, just bad. And the other the other two guys, Rodon can't stay healthy. but When he is, we see what he can do in Moncada. For for every all the other advanced numbers and all that strikeout stuff, did show signs last year. But we have got to see something more substantial from him this year.
1: I agree. I'm uh, hmm. Shane would call me a pessimist, but
0: well, it's
3: because you, you are. I call you a pessimist because you are a pessimist.
1: I think that. That was a failed year for Johan Mankata. Oh, that's not you being a pessimist. That's you being a realist. It he, was a failed year. All right. He was, uh, He, I mean, 200 strikeouts and didn't really show any uh, power to go along with those strikeouts. And the thing I was pissed off more about Johan Mankata than anything is his non-aggressive style on 0-2 pitch or on two-strike pitches. He would be struck out. I don't know what the number finally turned out to be, but he led the league in uh, two-strike strikeouts. So just looking. I was just like, oh, why just at least offer at it something? I hope he has some growth in this offseason to say two strikes. I'm going down battling. Maybe he's like getting squeezed. Maybe maybe he's getting bad calls, which we saw. But until you get those calls right, you got to have the 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 thought to say they're effing they're me right now. I need to put my bat on the ball any way I can because I know they're going to call strikes below the knees inside. Outside and I need to do what I need to do because I'm just a rookie or a first-year player, so I need to establish myself as this guy.
2: When you're in a rebuilding phase, you know we always hear development is not linear. You know, there to me, there's no such thing as as real absolute failure when your team is in a rebuilding mode. I mean, Moncada's is a guy that's. Never failed at any level that he's been at, really. And he's kind of just, you know, got by on ability alone. And this year was a big – last year was a big reality check for him. He's not going to get a lot of those calls that he wants to get, especially on the outside edge. But one of the things I wrote about on 670thescore.com after seeing wow, – well, nice plug. Hey, you know, why not? <laughs> um, but – Talking about Moncada and the work he put in over the offseason in terms of getting to those pitches, specifically on the outer half of the plate, his hand adjustment. They worked a lot with him on on him switching his hands and getting a a different type of grip so he has better coverage for that side of the plate. So that's one of the things that we should be looking out for this year to see if maybe he can cut down at least – those ones where he's looking, maybe put him in a better position physically where he can at least get to him or, or make a better pass at it, and hopefully you'll see those strikeouts come down a bit.
3: The last thing that you want to say about somebody right is that like it doesn't look like they're trying or, or they've got a bad attitude about the game. He just didn't seem like he enjoyed baseball very much last year, and maybe that's directly related to the results on the field, but it just seemed like he had a bad attitude. Like The talk around Jay Cutler when he was here is just crabby all the time, and Jay Cutler doesn't want to be there with his team. Yo, Amancota just didn't seem like he wanted to play baseball. It's a so, lot of got to be a lot of pressure for him. You, he's coming over,
2: you know. Chris Sale is, you know, uh, on his way to win a Cy Young for the Red Sox, and you know he's the centerpiece of that deal. And he's coming to a, a big city. He's never played in before. I mean, I couldn't imagine. And then, you, you know, add dealing with the failure on top of that. And Plus, he's not going to be a guy that's going to look like he's giving effort 100% of right. the time. You know, because he has a lot of the natural ability. And so much of his game is at the plate, especially his patience, you know, taking his pitches, you know, earning the walk. So it's going to look like he doesn't care. I, I, he probably wasn't happy last year, you know. But hopefully that's something he can learn from and and use that this year going forward.
3: I look at it this way though, if there's going to be any place for him to acclimate himself to American culture better, it's going to be Eating in with like Rick Yeah. Rick of Benny's <laughs> bread and steak bread and sandwich. Steak, King yeah. Size. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be with somebody he considers to be one of his number one mentors, if not his top mentor in Jose Abreu. So you think that you're comfortable in Chicago, you're comfortable with your teammates, you're comfortable with the organization because of their dedication to Latino baseball advancement? Dominican-Cuban baseball advancement.
2: And it just didn't seem like he was comfortable. And that's going to be tough because Abreu at least... Uh, numbers-wise, never really struggled since he's no, been here. He doesn't. I mean, he's had little spurts here and there, but he came and he raked as soon as he got here. So that's got to be a different perspective for him, too. The you only know?
3: time he faces adversity, right, is when he's hurt, when he's got right. ball-testicular-torn ball fusion or whatever the hell that was, <laughs> where his balls are all wrapped up together.
2: <laughs> that's, the te- that's the technical term. Sorry yeah. for the medical Sports jargon. The Medicine <laughs> Weekly,
3: 6-7 the score. We talk about nice ball fusion. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I just I, I want to see him more comfortable playing baseball and not so worried about what color
2: his hair is. And when you have a guy like Manny Machado that's in the middle of the order, and maybe you bump Moncada down a little bit. Yeah. And they talked about doing that a little bit at SoxFest. That was the thing that Moncada wanted to do. He wanted to hit leadoff. He put that pressure on himself, which I respect. But, you know, maybe bumping him down to the order, to the lower third of the order, maybe would help him out a little bit in that regard, too. So
0: you add Machado and you add Eloy to that lineup, and things are. Yeah, things are completely different. Even Everyone's getting be better. Yeah, oh, just absolutely. Eloy. Yeah, what about the other two? The two pitchers. I mean, Lucas Gilito and, and Tyler Chatwood were in the running for most walks of the year last year. That was not really a, a title you want to win. Um, but Gilito, um and then Carlos Rodon. We know what Rodon can do when healthy, but he's never. I mean, he's not healthy, and that that's the biggest problem with Carlos Rodon. So those two guys figure to be or they're supposed to be big pieces of the future for the White Sox. And mm-hmm. what are you guys expecting out of them this year?
1: I'm expecting a bounce back for Giolito. I just can't believe that he was the number one pitcher, number one pitching prospect, winning was the Nationals uh, one of those years, and then he's just garbage now. Like the two, like the year what, 2017, the six seven starts he had for the White Sox, very promising, very uh, uplifting. You're like, all right, here we go, we got some uh, 12 to six uh, curveball movement. Then last year, just shelled most of the time. He went out there, confidence was probably a problem. Uh, hopefully he went in the off season. I know he just got recently married, so I don't know if he had a, a full workout um, of you know starting pitching in like a, a program and starting December because I think he got married right then. So hopefully he's picking up a ball right now and getting his uh, getting his pitches into uh, good form because he's got the he's got everything you want: the looks, the height, the repertoire. It's just about confidence, I think now because you've seen it. Everybody's seen the good Giolito when he was in here in 2017, and then you see glimpses last year in 2018, but you know, it's in between his head, and hopefully he can get out of his head and forget all that number one stuff. Just be, what, he's a fourth starter for the White Sox now? They're not depending on him. Maybe the pressure's off, and hopefully he can be just a a 500 pitcher. I'll take that right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a league of adjustments, sorry. it's You know, last year could be a benefit to him as well. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever find out what caused the drop in velocity with him, but when I look at Giolito, I look at a guy, and my comp to him is John Garland as far as composure, nice. you know, uh, physical attributes. And I remember, you know, 15, 16 years ago when John Garland was first coming up, you know, Everyone every time he took the mound, it was going to be like, OK, what's he going to do this time? You know, he's got all the ability and how is he going to mess it up? You know, or, or manual pull him too early or too late or whatever. And then I think it was 2004 game in Yankee Stadium. Bases loaded. Everyone's like, oh, here we go again with John Garland. And he got he gets out of the jam. And all of a sudden from and that point forward, it was like, OK, John Garland is a guy you can depend on now. Sometimes it's little things that click here or there for a guy. And when you're dealing with learning at the big league level, especially pitching, I'm always going to give a little bit of a longer leash. But I like everything else I see uh, about Giolito, especially composure. You know, if we can just get him to get out of his own head and just relax a little bit, I'm sure they're working with him, you know, at no end about that. So he's a guy that I think could definitely bounce back.
3: He's way too smart, right, to to perform the way. He's very Kyle Hendricks. Very cerebral, yeah. yeah. where he's aware of every single thing he's doing right and wrong. And maybe in this age of advanced metrics and any video that you need from any angle being available to you, maybe it's too much for him. Maybe he has to remove himself from that that completely and just go up there and pitch the baseball. But he's just way too smart to, to not figure out how to get hitters out. He has the stuff. The velocity's fine. The difference between 90... Two and 95. I get that's big if it's affecting spin rate or whatever, but he's just way too smart to do what we saw in the first half of last year. He picked it up a little bit in the second half, right? He got in a run where he was touching 95, 96 every once in a while. I expect that, and as Herb said, you know they're not technically relying on him for 2019, but they're relying on him for the future. You still want Lucas Giolito to
0: be you're four or five in the rotation, if he's your four or five, you're doing pretty damn good for yourself, and not just that it's less money you have to spend on that spot exactly it, it doesn't matter how much it is, that's just still extra money you can address other issues with so the, the homegrown talent uh, there's it's not it's not a secret the white sox drafts the last few years and those first round picks have not been you know no. they haven't come to fruition so to speak what her- I
1: mean. no, they haven't <laughs> what and they're still- no they're uh I'm looking at the future Sox list right now. I mean, six of the 11 prospects they have, they acquired via trades. I mean, that's they need to still fix that. But, you know, some of those in that top 11 are recent guys, are guys like Zach Collins, guys like Magical. They're finally getting those premium bats. Correct. Zach Collins doesn't
3: have it though, right?
1: No. Tanny and I
3: looked at him at SoxFest. Fest. Like we saw him up close. You don't think he, like, has he doesn't have baseball face? He oh,
2: he doesn't uh, have it. Okay.
3: He, I don't <laughs> know. About? I don't sure. know how to describe him. But he looks like a. I, I he, we just I, Tandy, I don't know. I, what, what do you, th- well, what do you think? Well, especially when you
2: compare him to to Seve Zavala. Yeah. You, you exactly. look at those two guys together, who are on you know a similar trajectory. Yep. You know, yeah.
3: that's your catcher of the future. At least the way it looks, Zach Collins. You look at him, you're like, "Oh, that's Bob from accounting on the fifth floor." He's a he's a massive man. Well, I just I want to see tiny shoulders. I want to know where the
2: power is going to come from. You know, he's got a great eye, and I love the OBP, but you know, where's the power?
3: Small head, small shoulders. (laughs) He doesn't huge huge glasses. Giant
0: glasses. (laughs) Gigantic. Giant glasses, which probably get in his way. (laughs) Um, We uh, future stock, So let's talk about the prospects now. Some of these guys. You know, for Herb, you mentioned it. Uh, the one thing, let's go back real quick. Mm-hmm. Six of those eleven guys, whatever you said. If they win the World Series in a couple of years, I don't care how they get them. You know, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's much easier to do it homegrown than have to go out and, and trade and and that. So exactly, that's another topic for another time. But anyway, so to the guys, uh, the two biggest pitching prospects in the system, Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease, are. Well, Kopech, obviously, we all know about Kopech. So Dylan Cease, the guy oh, What is, happened to Kopech? Well, <laughs> I, got, I, got his, I have his
2: starts on my DVR. I have caught up yeah, it's, um
0: <laughs> I, I'll let you figure that out for You're yourself. You're the fourth or fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So with Dylan Cease and Kopech, the, their trajectories are so similar. So when Kopek came up last year, he had just finished the season, uh, 2017, coming off a season where he's thrown the most innings in his, in his career. Same with Dylan Cease last year. One of the big questions for Kopech last year, how the off-speed second and third pitches were going to be. Same thing with Cease this year. The timetables seem almost the exact same. They both have arms that can throw through a brick wall. And, and these two guys, for my money, I mean, we all know what Kopech can be. He can be an ace of a staff. I'm going to go out right now and say that Dylan Cease can be just as good as Michael Kopech, maybe even better. What do you guys think?
1: I've always thought that. I've always thought that Dylan Cease and that Dane Dunning will be better than Kopech. I, I just through the minors, they have been just unhittable. When – kopeck was in the minors. He hasn't been unhittable. At times, he has been, but then you see a couple triple A starts. Like, okay, you know, they're seeing him pretty well in this game. All right, but I think that Cease is more of a developed pitcher. That year he took off or had to take off after high school for the Tommy John is did him wonders, and the development he's had with the White Sox and the slow process of not rushing him up, you know. Just letting him develop as the minor league pitcher of the year has done him wonders. And I, you know, if the Sox are not competing this year, keep them down forever. Keep them down this whole year. I don't, there's no rush. We know we're not competing this year. September is fine with me for Dylan C. Sure. I mean, and I'm not. You want Dunning Ancy's up in September? No, I don't. I don't want to either them up this this year. Um, yeah, if they're so, not
2: ready, they're not ready. Don't force it. I
1: just help. if if they are, I just say hey, shut them down. You know, before the season ends for the uh, AAA or AA, whichever one they're going to be in, and shut them down after a certain amount of innings. A buck fifty, whatever you want to go. I, I think what Cease went what one twenty 120, one twenty five. Yeah, like last that. year. Um, yeah, shut them down after a buck fifty. Build his arm up. For the stretch run, so next year you can bring him up uh, if they want to play games May. If they want to bring him out in April because we're going to be competing in 2020, cool. But I do think that Dylan Cease is going to be a better pitcher than Kopech, which is saying a lot because I think Kopech is a stud too.
2: I'm a big fan of Dylan Cease. Um, he struggled a little bit after he came over in the trade, but you know he talked about it was an issue with the ankle. And once he got right physically, he just – dominated and you know I don't know it's I don't know about him calling him you know maybe better than Kopech potentially I, I you know I know a lot of people are very high on him it would be great if we're having that conversation like you know when you have two number ones two top of the end starters Kopech really impressed me last year when he was up in the short time about how he was able to you know work through a lineup without having his best stuff you can kind of see him working through it on the mound and that, to me that shows maturity beyond his years so I'm interested to see how Cease plays in that regard once he gets up to the big league level level, you know, because he's he's got the stuff. Um, can he work through a lineup when he doesn't have his best stuff on that particular night? You know, so that that's I'm I'm really excited to see him. You know, he's an interesting dude too. Listening to him talk, you know, about his uh, his. His hobbies for, for World War Two trivia, and he seems to have the right demeanor. Yeah. Also, he's just he's just kind of a chill dude. He's got a quiet confidence about him. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think Sox fans are going to love Dylan Cease.
3: So, Tanny ending with that. Can he work through a lineup when he doesn't have his best stuff? That's it, so. Do you swear on this podcast at all?
0: You can do whatever you want.
3: <laughs> okay, so I've already kind of talked about it with with Yoan and with Zach Collins. They don't they don't look like. I mean, Yo Mankata looks like a baseball player, but he didn't. It like he he seemed like he had a bad attitude last year. Michael Kopak has this, like this fuck you attitude about him that no matter what, I don't care what stuff I have, I'm coming right at you and I'm going to intimidate the hell out of you. And I'm going to best you as a man, as a competitor, as a baseball player on any given day. D- doesn't matter the circumstances. I don't see the fuck you in Dylan Cease or Dane Dunning. It's, I mean, the, it's yeah. the Chris
2: Sale gene, which sometimes exactly. wor- worked out to his detriment because you yeah. would overthrow in certain spots. Exactly. You know? It's
3: the Kyle Farnsworth. It's the yeah. A.J. Pruszynski. You're making up for what you're lacking, maybe against other guys, just with a I'm going right at you and it doesn't matter what I have. I'm going to make you look like a fool. So I think I have a little bit more confidence in Michael Kopech being the ace of the staff specifically for that image aspect. But stuff-wise... I mean, we saw the majority of Dylan Cease's starts televised last year. But we, we were very – NBC Sports Chicago does an awesome job televising those broadcasts for White Sox fans to see. And Tanny and I famously have the minor league baseball TV package. We watch we share all the games. It. Yeah, We, we, share it. Share it. Actually, famously, we famously. don't even
2: share it. I just go over to Shane's house and <laughs> yes. we watch every night.
3: Yeah, on my phone. We just sit on my couch with my iPhone in front of us watching every game. But
4: it, we were tell exposed you.
2: to him. We, we saw it. I'll tell you about working through a, a relationship with your best friend is when you got to sit through a rain delay in Birmingham for mm-hmm. two hours yeah. and wait for a guy to pitch. <laughs> see how many things, you know, conversation gets pretty thin at that point. But we got through it, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did, we did get through that <laughs> on our trip to Birmingham. I today. mean, d- these guys watched it on TV, and that was all good. But, you know, you watched them live. I yep. mean, what's, yeah, yeah, what's going on with more. the – what do you think about Dylan so Did you see demeanor? You took pictures? You talked to him after games? I mean, we and Tanny love him a little bit more than than uh, Shane loves him. So, what, who's right? He reminds me I'm a asking. lot of,
2: of Mark Burley. I know he's a righty, yes. but you know, as far as the mentality and just you know, he reminds me a lot of Burley. And I think he's gonna draw a lot of those comps. Like I said, even though he's a, a righty, but as far as stature, composure on the mound, I think he's a lot like that.
0: I think it's interesting with with Dylan I, I heard I don't know who said it that. They might move him to the bullpen, some reporter. Probably and Bruce that, Levine. Uh, oh, wouldn't geez. surprise me. Him and Kopech, what a back into that uh, bullpen for you. <laughs> um, Dylan, Shame. you know, uh, the, the night um Winston clinched the, the first-half title, you know, Cease pitched into the seventh inning, and he was throwing 99 and 100 in that seventh inning on pitch 100. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know if that's uh, a bullpen easy. guy. It's you an know? easy delivery uh, with it's, him. It's and f- it's smooth. Effortless. It's smooth, you know. Y- Pitching, baseball, hitting, pitching—whatever it is in baseball, everyone has their own way of doing things. Whether it's Nick Madrigal's batting stance, you saw Chris Sale's arm motion. Just because a pitcher has a crazy arm motion or doesn't doesn't mean something's going to happen or not. But anyway, so with with Cease, you know, for my money, like, like I said, he's he's got all 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 that it takes. And while he may not be as I don't want to say this as out not out there, but as is. It's The fuck you, yeah, yeah, that that, yeah, there, there you go. That that Kopek has, he he has it in his own way, you know, just because he's not as as out there as Kopek is, he still has it, and he's he's a very interesting guy. Him in Fortnite and and uh, World War Two for uh, for Dylan Cease, that's what he enjoys doing, but anyways, um, I think those two guys at the top of that rotation, you throw Dane Dunning in there, and something I, I mentioned to you guys before we started the whole Car- Carlos Redon thing. I don't think they're afraid to move on from him because of those three guys and and the depth of, of what they think they have coming up.
1: Man, yeah, I mean, I'm whenever Car- Carlos Redon is on the mound and healthy, top notch, I'm in there. Not worried at all. No. No, no me either. Just the Not shoulder a, no, problems. No, no. I mean, this year is like the first off-season where he's actually healthy and you're expecting him to break camp with the team. Yeah. So Hey, if they can get anything for Carlos Rodon, I mean, he's late in his, uh, what, he's like uh, fourth year, fifth year, he'll yeah. be arbitration, he'll be uh, gone by 2022. USA in 2022. So, and he's a, he's a Scott Boros guy, so he's definitely hitting that market. They can get a big-time piece for him, a big-time uh, trade piece in the minor leagues. I'm doing it, because you don't know with the volatility of pitchers if he's going to get hurt again, if he's not going to be the guy again. But when he's on the mound, sign me up for Carlos Rodon. Yeah.
2: I think a lot of it is contingent on on who else is going to be on this opening day roster, whether or not a big free agent acquisition is going to come here. Because I think if you get a Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, I think that gives you a little more leeway with what you do with Carlos Rodon. I think you're more prone to hang on to him if – because that opens your window, right? If you get a Manny Machado, mm-hmm. your window opens up a little bit, not completely, but you start to crack it open, you know, feel the breeze a little bit, go, "Ah, windows." <laughs> um, but, you know, they they've suffered so much with Rodon and I think now that, you know, he's every one of his injuries, he's been, you know, sort of overcompensating cuz this is bothering him. So, I'm changing this and that, and now he's all the shoulders all cleaned up, you know, hopefully there's no Tommy John in his future, you know, but uh I think now that he's totally healthy coming into the season, I expect some big things from him because, you know, when he finally came back last year, he showed why they drafted him so high and he showed the potential to be a number one guy. And you still have so many more years where you can potentially be competitive in the window. I don't see, uh, unless someone's going to, you know, knock your socks off in a trade, I don't see why you would let him go.
0: Uh, as far as as much as we talk about his injuries, I can also see him being an all star this year. Like, like you just said, he's healthy. He has nasty stuff, and Mm -hmm. he's got the stuff to be an all star. It's just all about that health, and you know, hopefully, we see a full, healthy season of uh, of Carlos Rodon, and you know, who knows? I, I think the ceiling for him is whatever you got. I mean. He, he can be one of the. He can be a one. Yes. Yeah. He, as a
3: lefty, he has the stuff. He's, he's got the number one third stuff.
0: Best slider in yeah.
4: the
3: game. I, as a lefty slider. Like, as a lefty starter. I was going to say yeah. Chris Sale yeah. has
1: a better one, and I don't know. Maybe a lefty. Adam
3: Ottavino. He's yeah. not a lefty, but yeah. it, he, maybe he's got a better slider. But it's a very short list. That's about it. Max Scherzer made. And he's got the best chest
2: hair in baseball. Easily, <laughs> he's not scared to show it off, which mm-hmm. I like. <laughs> And, and you know what? You uh, got to have that mentality when you're a number one starter. When popping. you know you have the best chest hair in the division, at least.
3: I don't want to lose Carlos Rodon because I don't want to lose his wife, Ashley, on his start days on Twitter. On Twitter, yes. Complaining about umpires.
2: It may be the best thing about White Sox Twitter.
1: <laughs> it is excellent watching Ashley tweet. She's awesome. She's down. Like, that is a down person. Yeah, like, she, you she's are a not, ride or die. You're not effing with her. No. I, wouldn't, I would hate to go to that section uh, and, and start talking about Carlos and not locating no. pitches. She would beat you up. Yeah. Rightfully so. And I know
3: they all listen to this. I know all the White Sox wives listen to the oh, Future yeah, Sox podcast. Absolutely. Congratulations to her on a pregnancy. I know that she went through a ton of stuff with a miscarriage and everything, and they've gone through a ton together. That's awesome to yeah, see her I was having a kid. I so happy to yeah. see
2: that, you know, when they finally announced that after what they had yeah. gone through. As a, as a father, I couldn't imagine going through what they went through, but seeing them happy now, it's just, it's great. And I, I think, you know, becoming a dad, you know, gives you some perspective. You yep. know, I think, you know, I think it'll help them out this year.
0: You guys all saw the gender reveal, right? How he did it? Did you no, guys see I, that? I hate gender reveal, so oh, I, was, I, I, I muted it. Well, w- so what does he do? He, he's a big hunter, right? Right. Yes. So he set he set himself up. I don't know how far away—hundred yards, two hundred yards—and shot in one shot, and it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, out in yeah, out the, the snow blue? in the middle of nowhere. But, no, it's uh, a daughter. They're having a girl. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. so. I don't, yeah. I don't know why I'm. It's bigger than baseball. I don't know
1: why I'm that. disappointed. <laughs> A uh, daughter, oh, damn it, ridiculous. I thought, I thought it was a little
2: excessive <laughs> that they 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 paid a someone from the Indians to come out and <laughs> to be struck out by Carlos Rodon. Yeah, that was to reveal. Excessive. Yeah, <laughs> I hated
0: that. Um, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so n- next thing, guys, I, I want you guys to give me one pitcher and one uh, position player that you guys are most excited about. And somehow, I said before, let's not let's not say Eloy in this, but let, let's talk Eloy because. We can't talk prospects without talking about Eloy. So everyone obviously is most excited to see Eloy and Cease and Dunning. So we got those guys. We've talked about Cease and Dunning a little bit. So before you answer that question, Eloy, uh, first, when do you guys think he's coming up? And second, is this a perennial all-star?
1: I don't know when the date is. If it's the same as Chris Bryant, what, the nine days or something like that? that day the day after
0: yeah it's
3: like april 14th or something like that Please, that yeah. day
1: the day after I, I mean they've already seen chris bryant stink uh he doing a what a, a grievance and that failing go ahead socks do the same thing send him up the next day you need eloy here to energize the team and he's your best player instantly unless you get manny machado and that then he's gonna be battling with the best being the best hitter um yeah i um maybe not rookie year all-star but after that, yes. The sky's the limit with him. The bat plays. And I think he, he said to himself, like, hey, where do you want to play? He's like, in the lineup. That's where I want to play, in the lineup. Put me somewhere, I'm hitting the ball. And I'm excited. I'm juiced. Everybody should be very – that's why I was so pissed last year that they didn't bring him up. I understand the rules. I understand what they're doing, the games, whatever. But they said they weren't going to play the games, and that's why I got pissed. But when he comes up, I'm going to try to be there. I don't know where it's gonna be. Hopefully, it's April twelfth in in, yeah, the, you're in, the, in New bo- York. Then, right And the boogie yeah. down Bronx.
3: Your vacation time was approved, by the way. Thank you. It would be great. You're welcome. <laughs> I did that today, baby. Uh,
2: you know the f- the funny thing about Sox Fest is there was so many exciting things going on with the prospects, and there was almost there was very little talk about Eloy, which is so strange. It's the number two prospect in all of baseball, and he was kind of just an afterthought. The way things ended for him last year. And uh, let's pump the brakes, okay, Herbie on Eloy. I want to know what that defense is looking like, okay? You know, no, yeah. <laughs> no, you Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot that's, that's,
1: that's why he's, go- he's got to go to the minors. I forgot
2: that. Um, but, yeah, obviously, how can you not be excited? That's one of those, you know, we try to make it out to a game every time someone of note is called up. And Rickon spoke about Eloy as a guy who, if he were hitting the open market, he would be as highly regarded as some of the guys that are out there right now. I think the bat is going to play, no doubt. Um, It's actually going to play music from No Doubt, which is really (laughs) special. You only see that once every couple of generations. Um, But, yeah, what's not to be excited about? He's got got all of it. He's got the thing. He's the best. You know, he hits bombs. I mean, what's not to be excited about? I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully he's coming into a lineup that's already built in that has, you know, a big-time free agent there as well to take even, you know, a little bit more of the pressure off of him going forward even though I don't think that's going to be a problem with him because I think he's ready to rock right now
3: i think he's the most prospect proof prospect that we've ever seen there isn't a single thing that the guy does wrong he, his hand eye coordination is phenomenal his raw power is unlike anything we've ever seen he's just he's ready for the challenge there's no sense in in you know and you know I have this stupid feeling that the White Sox are going to leave him down till like May or June or something like that, and and claim you know something's not ready. He he's been ready since he started playing baseball to be at this level. It, it's he's a generational, organizational changing talent that that just needs the challenge of of major league pitching. So uh, yeah, April fourteenth,
0: whatever that day is, bring him the hell up. One thing that uh, Eloy does not excel in, the only thing is uh, some of those routes he took in the outfield last year that I watched.
2: Yeah, the defense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but, <coach. laughs> but,
0: you hit, he hits 30 home runs and drives in yeah, 100, 100, and who cares if he. You know, I don't who care. cares? No. It doesn't really matter. So, Eloy, I right. mean,
2: Scotty Pods, they put up, he stole like, you know, 40, 50 bags and they put up with him in left field. You know, this guy's going to. We
0: watched <laughs> Diane Visiedo for four Ugh. years out there r- run around like he was drunk. I, I don't didn't care. I didn't watch. Eloy
2: I has. closed my eyes whenever <laughs> the ball right. was hit yeah. to him.
0: Well, Alex Rios in there, too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's all right. So, other cool. than Eloy, Cease, and Dunning, who are you guys most excited to see this year? Full season of Luis Robert, uh, full season of Mike Rodolfo. You guys give me yours and I'll I'll go after you guys are done.
1: I will go with Luis Gonzalez. I mean, he played a whole career in uh, what the, the Diamondbacks. Oh, sorry. Oh, my Wrong. God. Wrong guy. He's um,
2: already got Game 7 of the World Series pedigree. He he knows how to yeah. win in big games. Yeah. Didn't hit a lot of home
1: runs as a Cub. The then, goatee. Then, He's on steroids. Exactly. Yeah. Then eventually he hit home runs. <laughs> it's weird. But, yeah, Luis Gonzalez, a draft pick from uh, New Mexico a couple of years ago. Five tools. And they play. And he plays well in the outfield. I'm. It's a guy that I want to... Uh, watch he won't be on the major leagues probably three four years maybe years, yeah. I mean he's a he's an advanced guy so he played in college so he's a little older than the regular guys the other guys are like 22 23 I think he might be in his uh, mid 20s now let's see uh, no he's only 23 himself so I think uh, in a couple of years we'll be talking about Luis Gonzalez uh, a little bit more than other people are thinking right now maybe uh, Louis Robert we will have uh, of course uh, Eloy in, in the field and then Luis Gonzalez.
0: Let me add something about Luis real quick. So two summers ago, when he was drafted, I was out in Palm Springs working in the collegiate league, one of these collegiate leagues, and our shortstop was from New Mexico. So it was right after the draft, and I asked Hayden. I said, "So what are the Sox getting in in Luis?" And he told me. He said, "That's a first round talent that dropped to the third round because he had some off the field issues and things like that." And he he has that first round talent, and that's a guy that people don't. You look at that that outfield depth, and there's so many names, and his his name gets overlooked. But he has got first-round talent who could be a, a big-time player in the Sox.
2: A guy I'm looking forward to, position player, um, is a guy It's not talked about a lot. He's also a piece in the Chris Sale trade is, of course, Luis, another Luis, Luis Basabe. And he's a guy that I, I worry about, Luis, because of the outfield depth that you just talked about. He is the best center field prospect. I would I would say the more polished. Uh, obviously, you got Robert also, but I worry about with Luis Robert if there's going to be a spot for Luis Basabe when his time is ready. And he's a guy that you know. Whenever I want to get into a, a special place, a, a moment you need a moment of Zen. I watch the video of him turning around Hunter Green's fastball in the uh, Futures game. Whenever I need to be happy that in my home ha- run, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that you know. Struggled a little bit after the promotion last year, but that's expected. Um, but every level that he's been at, he's kind of you know shown the improvements, and he's got all the tools in the outfield. And he, you know, that's one thing that we haven't seen on the south side in a long time is a natural center fielder who can just get out there and get it. I know one of your guys is there now on the current roster, yes, but I mean, a guy that's gonna, that's gonna stick and <laughs> be there for the next 10 years. But I worry about the depth, and he may be a piece that gets moved. You know, if it's at the cost of getting a top of them starter when they're ready to win, I think I could deal with it. But I hope Luis Pisabe is a guy uh, that they can hang on to and kind of watch him, uh, you know, chart up through the system and see at every level. Um, as far as pitchers go, you know, we don't talk about this guy a lot anymore. He had the Tommy John and it's Zach Birdie. And this is back before the rebuilds when we had nothing uh, to hold on to except, you know, the draft class of that year um he's he had the tommy john you know throwing in the hundreds and finally it looks like he's going to be healthy going into spring training this year and i'm interested to see his trajectory over the course of the year because i think that's going to be a big part of their bullpen in the future uh, is uh, zach birdie on the back end uh, you know in the eighth or ninth inning so I, I i'm hoping for good things for zach this year
3: if the white Sox do this right because he's ready nick madrigal should be at the major league level this season He's ready to play Major League Baseball this season. And this doesn't mean much coming from me, a non-baseball scout, just uh, somebody in radio. He is maybe the purest hitter I've ever seen. There, There's no hitch in his swing. It's fast. It's quick. His hands are through the zone faster than anything I've ever seen. His contact rate, phenomenal. If they do it right, and Nick Madrigal's an easy answer, he should be a Major Leaguer this season. But the guy that right there below him in terms of just being a quality, Steel Walker, I think Steel Walker could be an absolute monster at the major major league level. and I'm interested to see his development. In terms of pitchers, I need to see something from a healthy Nate Jones. It, not to stray away from the farm system, but yeah. it, we've seen flashes from Nate Jones where, where he could be. Do
2: you need to see it, though? Do you really? I mean, <laughs> is he going to be a guy that's going to be around here still? With I mean, be affordable guy
3: for the future. He could be here for the next five, six years affordably. I mean, he's the longest-tender White Sox.
2: I mean, but every year and it's always powerful. something. I, I mean, I get I, I it. Know, yeah.
3: that's, I know. I'm giving him one more chance. Yeah. If I'm picking a non-prospect as a pitcher, I'm, I'm picking Nate Jones to uh, see, see, see what he can do.
1: You have him in the closer no, role? You have him in the setup role? Probably the eighth inning. Okay, so— Colomay is the closer this year. I like Colomay as a closer this year. Or Herrera.
0: Yeah. Herb, Herb, you didn't give us a pitcher.
1: Oh, okay. Um, uh, I was looking at the perusing uh, perusing the pitchers. Of course, I said earlier that Dane Dunning, but we can't use him. So I'm looking for a bounce back and maybe... Uh, the, Ian, the, Ian Hamilton, maybe? Or you, no. do you like was, what you
2: saw out of the bullpen last year? Finn? I was going
1: Alec Hanson. Alec Hanson, okay. yeah. Tall, fastball. I mean, they picked him. I think you said uh, Luis Gonzalez is a guy that... They got later in the rounds. Got a good because, deal on him, yeah. Basically. Yeah, and I think the same thing. They got him in like a conditional round, uh, Alec Hansen, back a couple of years ago um, from Oklahoma, I believe he was from. So he didn't really pitch a lot that last year, but what he showed, he showed his his fastball command. He needs to get a little bit better. But I think that Alec Hansen, uh, at his peak, is a back-end guy. So maybe not this year, maybe not two years from now, but 2021 – I'll be expecting Alex Hanson on the Major League roster uh, in the rotation, too. Two things I want to say about your guy
0: Shane and your guy Herb. Which one? Madrigal, Madrigal or, or Walker? So when we did our top 30, uh, Madrigal, I, I love Steele. Uh, for Madrigal, um, I had him lower than anyone else in our top 30 rankings. Only because... it's pretty racist. Well, that's sometimes that's how <laughs> it goes. Um, no, th- only because I don't want him to be Ray Durham. I, I just don't want... You, you know, think that your ranking is going to make him Ray Durham? I think it could be. Yes. Okay. That that it's a direct correlation between <laughs> okay. the between the two. Okay. But but anyways, with a guy that they drafted so high, he better be a gold glove defender okay. and a 300 hitter because yeah. he's not going to hit 25 home runs. No, he's just he's not. not going to.
1: I mean, the and guy they compare him to all often is uh, Jose Altuve uh, and Without he developed some pop, but you don't think he's going to develop a They were pop.
2: talking about his his wrist issues and how he's he's Wrist is feeling better, and he's got the natural uppercut. That you know, they, they were talking about him possibly hitting twenty home runs a year. You know, I don't. And, that changes the the way you look at him. You know, but I think that's a little interesting wrinkle when you when you talk about him.
0: And when you yeah, so for Madrigal, awesome guy. And, and you know, when I talked to him at Soxfest, Fest, I, I talked to him in Winston. I saw a few st- few of his uh, games in Winston. Um But when I talked to him at Soxfest, one thing that he told me was that he's lifted more this offseason than he ever has. You know, in his whole life. Okay. Obviously, he can see the ball and he can put the bat on the ball. So when you say when you talk about hitters, you know, lifting, that doesn't mean anything. But for magical, doing that means a ton. That means the world. So I'm hoping I am dead wrong, and I will eat, I will eat it if if magical (laughs) turns into what, what are you gonna eat. Um, the words piece, what you piece, piece of ice I, I don't oh, really know wow. just, just yeah. Tweet this out, going going the, out on a limb guys. He'll print
1: it out and eat the words that he wrote on the I'll players. eat a piece paper. of paper
0: yes I will okay. but <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta have that that power just so he's not just so he's not an eight nine hitter one two guy or eight, eight nine guy. He, he's got a. He, he just has to. I need to see 15, 15 home runs. Give he, me 15. But, is,
2: but if he's a guy that hits, you know, 330, 340 for you, that, every that's a lot year, different than 300. Right. Yeah. If he's that guy and you could slot him in every day and you know he's going to give you solid defense, does that change the way you feel about if it a little hit, bit?
0: If he's hitting 330, 340 and, yeah. and has that glove, he's a pretty. That's an all star every yeah. single year. So can we live back, with that.
1: Can I get back to what Chain said? You want him up well, this year. So. Who's is that means that uh, Moncada is moving? So
3: I see Moncada as a third baseman long term anyway. Okay. Yeah,
1: I see Moncada as a
3: third baseman. Yeah. I see Machado at short if that's there. I see Tim Anderson in left field. Yeah,
2: from day one, we heard the Robinson Cano comp for Moncada anyway. So yeah, yeah I, I can see that.
3: Yeah. So we're done with Jake Berger? I I, I think Jake Berger might be a first. If Eloy's, I've said this too. If Eloy's Eloy's not a first baseman, then I think Jake Berger's a first baseman. Yeah, but I've, I've for the last probably year or so, I've wanted Eloy as a first baseman. Absolutely, especially with their outfield depth. There's no reason to not have Eloy at first base, first base because Dan Rogowski's not here anymore. He's not walking through that door. <laughs> wow. yeah, because he or has Casey a... Rogowski, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh,
2: Casey Rogowski. Dan's not either, yeah. yeah terrible, Casey Rogowski. Do we give
1: well, up so. on uh, yeah. Trey Miklischewski, whatever that guy's yes. name is? Yeah, I've given up on Trey Polishman. <laughs> he and uh, he and Jared Mitchell, I think we're done with
2: those okay. guys. What do you guys <laughs>
1: yeah, think? Yeah, you're
3: bringing Courtney Hawkins back? Oh, Keon boy. Barnum. He's going to oh, do some boy. flips.
1: Hey, Kenny's like, those are athletes. This, sound, this <laughs> sounds this sounds silly. Jared Mitchell's my guy.
2: I would never give up on a guy who people... People have forgotten about. You know, I always say that. But you know, you, you know, Jake yeah. Berger's sitting there rehabbing, and he's seeing all these guys pass him up on prospect lists, and you know, he's not on the big board anymore for their plans. But you know, you never underestimate a guy with something pr- to prove who has, you know, the the natural power tool that I'm he not, has i'm not
3: forgetting about no Jay no i'm no, not you I'm just, just
2: in general people i'm that...
3: reclassifying him as a first baseman or a dh
2: yeah yeah that that's fine yeah he's if, kind of
3: fat and that's that's fine i don't see him moving if the power well plays i
2: don't care where if he plays at third base or not you yeah. know but just you know I, I i i hope that we don't have to just write him off yet yeah, you know no, so to get you said you're gonna
0: get to my guy alec Hanson. alec Hanson. so i saw two alec Hanson starts last year in winston and they were dreadful. I mean, okay. a- absolutely dreadful. He, he just, the control wasn't there. Obviously, he has a live arm and all that good stuff, but he the control was just, where was it? And mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of thought maybe, you know, he got demoted back to, to Winston last year. And going into last year, I, I mean, you guys play the show or whatever, but Alec Hansen was in my rotation for, I- you know, as as someone that they can call up. And then last year it I was going to say worse and worse and worse. Did
2: he have the worst year of any prospect that had no, in like not yeah. no injuries, Official but like injury yeah, um, exactly, yeah.
0: that dropped the most? I would, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because the sky's the limit with that guy too. Mm-hmm. He's got all the stuff. It's just the control. If he brings the control back this year, he's, he's right back up there with, with some of these other big names. So um, he's someone that at this time next year, you know, going to spring training that you're thinking he may be in that four or five spot. Who knows? But he's got to have that control. A couple other guys um, before we get to our, our last thing that we haven't mentioned. Oh, my, my two guys, first of all. Micah Adolfo. Yes. Uh, Micah Adolfo has the best arm in the system. And outside of Eloy, he has the most power. He, I mean, th- it might be very, very comparable with, with those two guys. Um, and if, if Adolfo wasn't hurt last year, he's one of the guys right now that we would be talking about that would have been a huge hit at Soxfest. Fest that would be ready to go. You know, May, June. So that, that's the name to look out for. The pitcher for me, Cade McClure, uh, the kid from Louisville that uh, was with the cannabals. electric Yes, electric. Uh, he's a giant person, too. <laughs> uh, also, a Trubisky friend. Um, they went to the same high school. You know, they grew up together and all that stuff. Makes no difference. But anyways, throw <laughs> that out there. Uh, so Cade McClure and Mike Rodolfo are my two guys to watch. I don't know if you guys know anything about Cade. Uh, I don't. He, I, yeah. he's, he's my kind of guy. He, he's a grinder. He yells at people off the mound. He's super loud. I love Cade McClure. He went to uh, to Louisville, like I said. You know, Birdie was there. Then obviously his teammate Lincoln Hinsman, who was also in the Slack system, another another young
1: arm in Kenapolis that oppressed me. And and uh, his guy, the Man of Steel, went to Louisville, didn't he? Oh. Did did Adam Engel go to Louisville? I, I don't know. I believe wow. he went to
2: Louisville. You're the Adam Engel expert. Yeah, so. I am. like
1: White Sox just keep on drafting Louisville people. E- we works. can edit this out, and that, you can sound smart. It. Yeah, can we that, edit that out? That, yeah,
0: that, that Louisville team, that. Uh, that Louisville team with the birdies, and then Corey Ray and Brandon McKay. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was quite a, a college team. I'm excited. Can, can I, sorry, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Say I'm
2: excited about. I'm excited. I'm excited about. I'm Adolfo. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much riding on him like the White Sox need to show my generation that you can sign a talent, develop them, get them up through the minor leagues and get them on your major league (laughs) roster and have him be someone who can contribute for you every day in your lineup. And I saw him at Sox Fest. The guy, I mean, he certainly looks the part and he was awesome with all the kids he spent, I think, the most time in the kids area, you know, playing catch with them and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just I'm excited about him, and, and I felt so bad for the injuries he had last year. So you know, there's a lot riding on him as far as how we feel about uh, the White Sox and how they develop players. He could be the first guy that they signed and developed that could be an All Star. Yeah, so he's been
1: in their system for like <laughs> exactly. seven years, exactly, from yeah. when he was a child. I mean, basically. they tried to do that with some other guy. They signed him, uh, developed him, then traded him to the Padres, and he's going to start for the Padres Can you this stop? year socks you
0: stop? Soxfest, you guys, you know, Han called himself an asshole for doing that. Oh, yeah, he that was, that Jack, was pretty cool. Jackass. Or Jackass, yeah. yeah. Jackass. yeah. yeah. Jackass. You're projecting. Asshole You're words. projecting, Clinton. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but uh,
1: somewhere. I agree with you. Like, in, like, he's been with the Sox for six, seven years. Yeah. I remember yeah. when they got him, was Like, he's the like, number two overall international prospect. I was like, all right, here we yeah. go. Michael Rodolfo, and then. I heard him talk. I was like, I was expecting something different because he spent his life in mostly Latin American countries. But Super good at English. English is pure. Yeah. Uh, I think he spent a couple of years here in the States. So, yeah, yeah um, while we think that doesn't matter necessarily, tell me the last time you heard Jose Abreu cut on the on the score. No, exactly. It, he doesn't it matters speak,
3: in marketability.
1: Yeah, he speaks English. I mean, if you speak English a little yeah. bit. And I know those guys, you know, don't wanna be misconstrued with their words and it's tough to go from all speaking Spanish to even speaking yeah. baseball English. And so that little thing, I mean, even what Eloy speaks a little bit, you know, you can say, Okay, man, I can get you somewhere. I can, you know, I can market you to the next level. Yeah. And that it does matter. Even yeah. though we shouldn't it shouldn't matter, it does.
3: Especially in an age where baseball is trying to find out. Ways to market their young stars to bring in the younger demographic. The average baseball watcher is what forty eight years old, or is it even 54. older? Fifty four. Fifty four. It's ridiculous. Like uh, I, I am, I'm far and away much younger than all th- all three of you guys. That's and that, not, that's not that's, true. That's, that's <laughs> by, that nobody even has to say that. We just know that I'm a lot younger than you. <laughs> Everyone. Knows and I it. still love. We love baseball. Yeah. We're young guys, but we are very much in the minority. Very much in the minority.
2: It only sounds like me and Clinton are. Well, yeah. It's there's one guy double here, <laughs>
0: double.
2: One guy here that I noticed is not on your guys' list at future Sox. You know, I've been watching him for a while since the White Sox signed him. Ambiorix um, Elado. He's uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> he is a, a seven-year-old kid from the Dominican. Right. He's seven. He's got all the tools. Right now, you know, there's a big question around Ambiorix because they don't know. Like, does he want to be a baseball player? He also says he wants to be a firefighter. He wants to be president. So there's, I don't know which way he's going to go, but he's a guy that you should watch out for in 10 years to maybe be at Winston-Salem. I heard
4: that he's not
3: seven. I heard that he's 22. Oh. Uh, he's 22 in Dominican years.
2: Ambi, Amby's going to be a player. Uh, if they call him if, Ambien. If, he, if he decides not to be a fireman or Superman. An astronaut.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I will uh, go out on a limb and say we're going to have some new listeners that, that don't listen to this podcast. With uh, regularity, so there's a couple guys I want to bring up real quick uh, before this this uh, last question. I'm just going to go in order of our top 30 how they're ranked. Uh, Gavin Sheets, find me another person in the White Sox system that has an easier path to the south side of Chicago than Gavin Sheets. Now he needs to hit home runs, but who is stopping him from getting to the south side? Because Ho- Abreu is 32, and he's not going to be here much longer. There's nobody else in this system right now. That's going to stop Gavin Sheets from getting to the south side other than Gavin Sheets.
2: If, if Manny Machado's here, I'm keeping Yonder Alonzo around for as, as long as, as, as Manny wants. As
0: currently constructed. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. as currently constructed. Right. There's nobody else in the system that can stop Gavin from getting there other than Gavin Sheets. Well, I mean, you guys have anyone?
2: Nothing? Um, it depends well, what mean, they do with Eloy if they eventually maybe move him to first base or something like that or like we talked about Jake Berger you know it, it all a lot of things can can happen there but yeah I mean he's, he's someone that interests me especially left hand and power like that right. I, yeah I would love to see him play. I, I,
3: I think the catching position is wide open. Wellington Castillo is not stopping no. anybody. No. Which McCann is it? Brian McCann? James. Alex McCann? James McCann? James, James McCann. James yeah. McCann. Does really he related. also hate when people enjoy playing baseball?
1: <laughs> yes. James He's, McCann, he baseball, he baseball police. police. He's all the catchers, baseball I, police. All catchers
2: should hate if you are having fun. Yes, That's If I'm building a team, that's yeah. the first thing I, I want. I think probably the catching position.
0: Sebi and Zach, I, you know, Han told me that Sebi is a more of a – a sure thing in so many words than Zach. Yeah, I think we all know that. Right. But hearing it from Han himself, not during the the media thing, but you know, I talked to him. We did an interview, so we kind of talked about that. More of a sure thing than Collins. Collins has definitely a higher upside than, than Zavala. But those those should be your two catchers when the Sox compete. There's no doubt about that. But both of them should on be. the roster. I mean, you got you have you need two catchers, right?
3: Yeah, but but I think I, I think Zach Collins is either going to be trash. Or phenomenal. I don't think you're going to have both of those guys. So you don't think Sebi can back him up. So you don't have to. No, no, I, I think I think Savala is your starter. Okay, and then it, it's. I think it's one or the other. So you don't think they'll both be on the team at the like, same. time? to be I a DH, so, one no. to be a first baseman. So? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I could be. I I I don't know if I'm if I'm wrong in that. I don't know if other people think that, but I've always thought it's just going to be
2: one or the other.
0: So they're they're both starting in Charlotte this year, exactly, which is
2: interesting it, which I disagree with completely. Don't because you?
0: obviously they're taking reps from each other. I don't know. Right. I like the
2: competition right. element of it. Though, that's you know? that's
0: one side of it, and then taking the reps away is the other side. Right. So you maybe you figure it out within three weeks who's going to go back
1: down to Birmingham. Was sebby uh, or who's going to come up? He was an international or is he drafted? Drafted. 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 Okay. So I that San a, Diego State kid, right? That's yep. a, that's yep. equal then. So they, I mean, they want. I would think they would want Zach Collins to be the guy more than Sevy then, because Zach Collins is the number one pick.
2: I think they First want a guy to sh- to show them who's going to be the guy. They yeah.
1: just need someone they haven't had since. AJ. I just if think they like want someone to make the decision for them. Top
2: him. tier catching prospects are such a commodity. You and know, the White
1: if, Sox has never had it. But, no. exactly. but if even I'm thinking Zach Collins is the guy. Because it's your you, pick. You think so? You just say because you, of the money attached just, to him? Yeah, the money attached to him. Hey, I'm a genius. I drafted this guy in the first round, See, and he won the thing. But, but, but here's said, the
0: thing, Herb.
3: You and I go back and forth on the state of the White Sox organization very often. I think this is a different White Sox organization that doesn't care as much that they gave Zach Collins more
1: money than Seve Zavala. I hope so. I hope that'll be great. That'll be great for them. I was going back to the guys that you were talking about. There's no one blocking – I mean – I know you love him. Adam Engel is a placeholder. No, I mean, I, I, I love him ironically. He, he's I, trash. He's a placeholder. Yeah. And so there's no one – there's a lot, of, a lot of people battling for that. Luis Louis Robert is going to be there. Blake Rutherford's going to be there. Uh, Steve Lu, Walker. Yeah, Louis. Luis – Someone's going to be there. Vasavi. Basabe. Gonzalez. Yeah, you know, man. so there's going to be a race to see who's going to stick there. And like we said, these guys are – if they all become their potential – there's gonna be way too many outfielders, which is a great thing to happen, and you can just ship somebody out for yeah. you know the pieces that you need. Require pitching. They're yeah. going to have to acquire bullpen arms. You're gonna to have to acquire dominant bullpen arms. So it's a great problem. But also have. the yeah.
2: one thing that they haven't had over the past you know twenty years depth. Yeah. They may finally start to have some depth in the minor leagues. Someone gets hurt, you can actually think about this. Call someone up. Isn't
1: that crazy? For a I few mean,
2: weeks, you know. Yeah. I mean, Charlie <laughs> I
1: Tilson. Do you forget about them, Tanny? Rest rest in peace. Charlie Tilton. Calling up.
0: Everything else about him is alive, but his hamstrings are are very dead. (laughs) You guys mentioned bullpen arms. Uh, The next guy is Tyler Johnson. Um, Kid who started at Canapolis last year, ended up in Winston. He is on the fast track to to the bullpen in in Chicago. I don't know if it's going to be the end of this year, but uh, at the beginning of next year, if he's not starting with the Sox, I I think something went horribly wrong because this kid – has has what it takes, and it's a name that uh, he went to South Carolina. It's a name that you know you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot more about this year. But Tyler Johnson is another guy that's gonna help out the White Sox bullpen um, for the White Sox. Uh, a couple other a couple other names for you: Bernardo Flores, the lefty, uh, Mister Quality Start in the minors. I think he had like 13 or 14 quality starts last year. Just some other names to keep an eye on. You mentioned the shortstop depth: Luis Curbelo and Laz Rivera, two guys. Laz yeah. uh, Laz. Uh, rumored in the Jack peterson trade that uh, who knows whatever happened to that uh but laz and Luis corbello those two guys uh, as well as um nick madrigal those three guys are your middle infield your middle infield talent for, for the next couple years corbello's gonna have a breakout season this year i think
1: i mean going back to your florist thing i'm just perusing the stats it looks like he's not a strikeout guy no. but he's an outs guy like he gets tons of outs 156 uh, innings pitch Four hundred sixty-eight uh, outs and 100, only one hundred five strikeouts. So he's just picking the contact and say, "Hey guys, go ahead and get it." That's the kind of pitcher I like too. Like you, you don't. He doesn't necessarily probably have the greatest stuff. He just says, "Here you got, here you go, guys, hit it." He, he mean he's he's got is is he's a lefty
0: like I said ninety two ninety three. So he's not Mark Burley. He's not eighty eight eighty nine. Okay. He does have a little bit to his. You know, it's different as a lefty is right as a righty, righty ninety two ninety three nothing. As a lefty, 92, 93, 94, that's a completely different ball game. Now, Flores is not, like you said, he's not going to blow you away, but he's smart on the mound. It's another name to watch. Okay. A uh, couple of other ones real quick. You know, I didn't see guys that they drafted this year. They were in Great Falls, but um, Bryce Bush. A lot of guys, a lot of people think that Bryce <laughs> Bush, uh, 12.
1: I, you know,
0: I mean, hes he is what he is. The Sox, they all thought he was going go to go to Mississippi State. But he signed her the Sox, and that kid has has a world of talent. And that's another name if you haven't heard of it yet. I mean, you're you're going to hear about Bryce Bush.
3: Wait, who's who's that guy who came out of Mississippi State in the? I think maybe in the third round that that pitcher with the Rex specs that like the absolute fireball of an attitude guy. Connor. What, what? Yeah, Connor. What's his name? Pilkington. Yeah, Connor Pilkington. Yeah, that's somebody I'm, I'm pumped
2: about. I'm going to call him Carl Pilkington for his entire duration <laughs> as okay. a White Sox. If, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I didn't, I didn't get to see fans him pitch, so I don't.
0: Uh, I don't know much about. It. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say he's this or that.
3: I, I, I think I say they played the same like highlight reel of him over and over again at MLB Network. It's just it's him just screaming at guys and <laughs> and not at himself, but yelling at batters. And he's got respect, so. Gonna that's, be something. That's
0: uh, that's the Rex. I'm sorry to throw us off the, worth, a track no, the, here, but I
3: really wanted Connor Pilkington's name on this podcast. They're
0: worth the the Rex specs are worth the price of admission. So I mean, you you go to the Sox game, you get Rex specs. The Chevy Rex specs giveaway night.
3: Unless your name is Tyler Clippard, then oh. I don't want to see Rex or Tyler anywhere. Flowers.
0: Clippy. Yeah. Or, or Sable. Clippy. Yeah. Oh, you
3: goodness. always say that.
0: <laughs> always back. Uh, we're going to end things with, uh, one other question. You guys have any other things about the prospects you guys wanted to bring up anything? We didn't talk about anyone at all. I mean, I got my Connor Pilking stuff. So I'm good. I'm,
2: I'm excited to learn new things because you guys are the experts. Like, you know, we don't get to follow as much, uh, with the prospects. So I'm I'm excited to to walk away here with some new names uh, on the list to be looking out for this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, so those names I gave you and, and it's tough because I saw all these guys and I became friends with these guys and like I put out my list, and you know, moms are tweeting back at me. Why, you know, where's this guy? And I'm like, listen, Lincoln Hensman's awesome, but there's only 30 spots in the top 30. That's not to say he's not one of the top 30 pitcher or the top 30 in the system, but I didn't know what to do. So there's I'm, a lot. I'm sorry, of guys. A, a
2: top 30 arm didn't come out of your room. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to say. So sorry. <laughs> so more sorry. Spinach.
0: <laughs> Speaking it, of parents on
3: Twitter, Nick Madrigal's dad is super active on Twitter. Is he? If you even type Nick Madrigal's name, he
1: retweets you. He's a name searcher. Same thing with, well, not same thing, but Andrea Birdie.
4: She's yeah, really right. good. Yeah, yeah. Really good. And, uh, and yeah.
1: then Kopech's dad.
0: I mean, Kopex dad's we, on there, too. He we was had, at
4: you know. Sox Fest. Yeah,
2: we
0: had alligator, <laughs> uh, alligator skin <laughs> cowboy boots.
1: It was awesome. He we was,
2: had him on the McNeilan Parking Show. That was our okay. end with with uh, with Michael. I said, hey, man, we had your dad on. Yeah. You have to.
1: One thing I want to know, too, is, I mean, we all have these guys as, you know, good hitters, and that's all we want them to be, good hitters, good pitchers. But also we want some personality. Who's the guy down there who's got that great personality? I know some talk about uh, the Collins kid, but who's you think is the best guy down there who's got? A, is gonna come up here and be like, man, he's gonna be your favorite.
3: Like Javi Baez, Steel Walker. <laughs> Steel
1: Walker. It's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. Uh,
0: Steel it's Walker, not Connor Pilkington. I don't know. It could okay. be. It might. It might turn into Connor Pilkington. But uh, right now, Steel Walker. Um, Tyler Johnson's a character too. Steel is by far and away. The biggest personality I met this year in the White Sox system, and I've seen, like I said to everyone, do? he is he is a less douchier Nick Swisher. Oh, he, oh but great. he is nice, perfect. But, but I mean, he is that, he's outgoing in terms of so being if outgoing. Nick and Swisher like
2: is an eighty grade douche. <laughs> <laughs> Steve yeah. Walker would be yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: zero. But uh, I mean, look Nick at it.
2: Swisher
3: him. had raw douche power. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> very raw, undeveloped, but raw.
2: <laughs> he just
0: he just is very outgoing and very you know just that motor, just that motor turns into on the field and, you know, the way he talks and just the way Something he that
2: you need in the clubhouse to kind of keep that guys going. He's that guy, the guy going. keeping things going
0: yeah. and getting things going, and things like that. So I would say Bryce, or I'm sorry, Bryce. I'm thinking of Bryce Harper. Uh, Steel Walker, Um, I think that's my that's my answer for that one. I have a question for you.
3: Yes. An in, in unreal athlete in the White Sox organization right now that people kind of forget about, that his accomplishments have, have really come outside of baseball. He's at Charlotte. Is Eddie Alvarez a major leaguer? <laughs>
0: Former Olympic uh, speed, skater. speed skater, yeah, yeah. skated with a, Apollo Ono. So it's it's funny. So he was in the Olympics and then quit, just stopped playing baseball. Yeah, came back playing in AAA. Uh, the answer is no, no, he's not a major, uh, he, He's he's not a utility guy in the major leagues.
3: Uh, he and Kopack are real mm, good buddies. I, Do you think that like at the end of this I wouldn't year, I would bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Oh, he's the, he's the a the September year. call up one yeah. time, and then he, he leaves baseball. We'll see.
0: We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not something you want to give up on. Okay. But. Uh, He's like 27, 28 now, right? Yeah, He's old. older. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. old baseball terms, but uh yeah. That's it's a good interesting name you brought up though. That's I love Eddie yeah. I yeah. Fr- I had
1: forgotten yeah. about him. I, I thought that he uh, that washed out like uh, so many other old school White Sox prospects washed out. But... Who are former speed skaters? Yes. The White Sox have many of them. <laughs> a, lot of, like, a lot of I, Olympic I, athletes. Yeah. I,
2: I always said I was like, "Why are they acquiring so many speed skaters?" Yeah,
1: I, you you mentioned that all <laughs> those, the time. That <laughs> was <laughs> my <laughs> thing. Those <laughs> those uh, those attributes don't translate. Yeah. What
0: well, are you going to transfer over? The, the,
4: the
3: skates don't go through on the sands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we're done here, I'm going to think of someone else to uh um to mention. I guess one other thing is that fifth starter spot for the Sox, you know at Sox fest han you know died on this hill with with dylan covey and manny manuelos who we talked about it before yeah saying manny was as good as he was he is now uh, as he was when he was a, a former top prospect of the yankees he's 27 uh if that's the case he's fresh. congratulations i'll to the give White this Sox. to manny he's, he's fresh, fresh. <laughs> is so is, is
3: ivan nova not your number five no, he's the four he's already in there you, you think he's because without? No, without
0: Kopech. You've got yeah, yeah. Okay. You got Rodon, right. Gilito Lopez. And then I, you've I just got figured Nova, yeah. he'd be five anyway. Well, with Kopech, he's five. Yeah, okay. but yeah, and
1: right. I mean, yeah. I remember the first like six starts of Dylan Covey. I was like, why is Dylan Covey good? And people were like, well, right. he did this and that. And they were no. like, ask the Covey. And they were acting like well, like I was out of pocket <laughs> asking why Dylan Covey is this. And then when he became Dylan Kovey again, I was like, yes. That's the Dylan Covey I remember. Yeah,
3: exactly. You knew it before everybody else. No, I'm just just saying, like, he was brilliant in his first
1: five starts or six starts. And everybody's like, well, he just needed time and blah, blah, blah. They got him for another team and they rushed him up to the majors in a real five draft. I don't want him to be a fifth starter. I don't. Tanny, didn't we buy
3: tickets to a couple Covey games like the day Ooh. of? I, am I am I right about that? Well, you had
2: always said I was like I got to see Dylan Covey pitch before yeah, I die. Yeah, I did. I did. And I got to see him again but again I feel like and again. We ended
0: up at a couple no, Dylan Covey. Anyone
2: games. who you casually goes to 10-15 games a year if you decide to go out to a ballpark on a nice day on a Saturday or Sunday Dylan Covey was pitching. Yeah, you know, probably. just one of the, he's just one of those guys. Right. I, I'm wondering if this year if he's just going to be that the long man type of guy, you know, cuz they keep trotting him out there and you know and he's got you know he, he can roll ground balls up there for you when he, when he's right um you know I, also a guy i was looking at here you know at the depth chart and all the way at the bottom in the bullpen is carson fulmer and clinton you spent some time down there yep. in triple a mm-hmm. did you get a chance to talk to carson at all this year and where is he mentally and physically did you get a chance to talk to him at all and so- can he
0: be farther down from the bottom plus <sighs> wow. carson fulmer is first off good dude everyone it seems like everyone says that about everyone but anyways Uh, Carson, I saw a start and then I also saw, you know, out of the pen and I talked to Carson about his, uh, move to the bullpen and in so many words, uh, effing awful. He hated it. He absolutely hates it. And you know, bullpen. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely hates it. But he also said, you know, he'll do whatever he can to exactly do whatever he can to get back to the uh, majors. He, a guy that you know, and Han addressed it during Soxus. He said a guy at the time was the best collegiate pitcher that, when they drafted him
3: out of Vanderbilt. A, right? Yeah, yeah, out of
0: Vanderbilt, and uh, I think Walker Buehler's on that team. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, yes. And we saw what Same he did draft. last year in the uh, playoffs. So, yep, hit or miss, I guess, on that one. But anyway, so w- with Fulmer, it was a miss. I would say yeah. it was yeah, too they missed I'm, on. Carson I mean, Fulmer.
1: that was the old philosophy back in the day where you're picking college pitchers Carlos over, over. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Over yep. premium young bats. Yep. That's, I love the change of philosophy. That's one thing I'll give Rick Hahn, um, even Marco Patti, the international scout, uh, Kenny Williams, all the people, switching the philosophy to what the Red Sox do to what the Cubs do. Premium bats are more valuable than premium arms. Yeah, acquire them. Acquire yeah, I mean, your arms. I mean, just look at the Cubs' um, World Series team. Every single guy in, this ro- in the rotation was acquired, not acquired via trade or acquired via uh, free agency. Yeah. They got most of their people who are bats – were their guys that they drafted. So that's what we need to do. I think a
2: balance is key because now you see now that veterans, like, you know, after John Lackey left, you know, and they won the World Series, like now they're struggling to find guys who can throw 200 innings for them. So I think a balance is always key as far as that goes because, you know, uh, you think the Cubs wish they would have not traded away Dylan Cease, you know? (laughs) Probably. You you know, they had two guys through free agency fail on them. So I I think – but with the, the guy with, that
1: they got in that trade did not really fail. He hasn't no, lived yeah. up to
2: the guy that they thought he would yeah, be. Yeah, I'll cape for Quintana every got day. Another, right another away. guy, another guy that you did come not fans, come up don't like you know,
3: so. Yeah, it pisses me off so much. Like, appreciate him for what he is. Yes. D- stop looking at it like we gave up Dylan Cease and Eloy for Jose Quintana. Right. Just appreciate him for being Jose and Quintana. And he got
1: you into the playoffs. If you didn't have him in the 2017, you would have won that Washington series because exactly. he pitched like a—, a he pitched a couple good games in that ass, series. I hate them. So Shack what I'm saying ass. is, <laughs> talk a shit about my man. as
2: with anything in life, balance is key. You know, they don't have to abandon. You know, if they if they see a pitcher that's there when, when they draft this year that they feel is a can't miss, go for it. Don't pass on someone who you think is a can't miss, you know.
0: You always say that. The way I see it now, uh, if, if Fulmer, uh, Birdie, and Berger turn out to be anything, I think that's just icing on the cake right now because you look at all these other guys that – that if passed them up and mm-hmm. if if one of those three guys maybe two of them turn out to be something if they turn out to be on that twenty five man uh, when it's time to compete then I think that's I think that'd be awesome. I you think
1: Tanny was saying earlier and I believe it too. Like he Birdie was on that fast track to be right. the to be the closer or to be in the bullpen um, the year before he got hurt. So I expect nothing more than him being on the roster by the end of the year. I hope Zach Birdie's on the year that he he brought it and I wished we had got Nick Birdie in that real five draft.
2: (laughs) If if the roster in once opening days here is is basically what we think it's going to be right now without any major acquisitions, you know, I think there's no reason why you can't just have Zach Birdie succeed or fail, you know, at the major league level for a little bit, at least, er you know, early on and see where he's at, you know. I, you know,
0: two other names for that fifth spot, real quick before we get to the last question uh, Jordan Stevens and Spencer Adams, those two guys I think can. Uh, give the uh, fifth spot a run for the money. I don't know if it's right away, but uh in the in the you know the first couple of months, I think those are two names to watch um as well. And Cody Madero's who they got over got in the trade to, another guy. Last question, guys. Uh we could, you know, we could talk about this all night. Favorite White Sox memory herb
1: go. Um I had to be at the ballpark. You could be on the toilet. I don't care where you Okay. Are. Um NBC Tower. We were. Were you on the toilet? No, I was not on the toilet. Oh, I, it better. was me and Jay Zawaski. We're working late night. It was Lawrence Holmes in the studio, uh, Jesse Rogers and John Cagulosi on remote in Chambor. John
2: Candelosi. So doing? we
1: were acquiring the White Sox the next year. So was, this is October twenty sixth, two thousand five. Um, we were on the board and just doing some counter programming. Um, Lawrence is just talking about something else, and then the White Sox win the World Series. And I remember. Like, because Jay had just switched over from being a Cub, uh, a Sox fan to a Cub fan oh, in 2004. Breaking, <laughs> breaking yeah. news here! Wow, oh, yeah. Jay really Zowski was a, a Cub was, was a White Sox fan up until no, 2004. That's yes. the biggest Are news you of joking? the night. I'm not, a, not, not joking at all. Channy, can you confirm?
2: I mean, I didn't know the man back then, but that's the yeah. that's the story that I always heard oh, from so, a reputable God. source. So, the year before, he, the he's
1: like, "I'm tired of this. I'm out," and he wants to be a Cub fan. And the Cubs, remember at that time, I think 2003 they did something, In 2004 they were bad. So. He was on the like the executive side uh, for radio, so he's answering phones. I'm doing the board, and he allowed me. He like, hey, I'll take the board, and allowed me to go and celebrate, yeah. and cheer and have a good time. And then John Rock Mamola, who is now the PD down in Tampa, came in early for his shift, and brought us all uh, White Sox championship hats. That's uh, nice. like he had just bought Aww, like nice. bottom them from Sportsmart, which is rest in peace. Sports RIP Mart. in peace. Yeah, and so I don't know if it's Sportmart or Sports Authority at that time, but both dead um and then i remember jesse rogers and john Cangelosi so drove back from schomburg after their thing was over and did a show with lawrence and they went for the rest of the night i went home like at midnight yeah but uh lawrence went until five and i remember that night just being it's literally the best night of my life ever and uh, i haven't gotten married i have, have no kids so that's what I can say. I was 26 years old. It was a great day.
2: Was that the night that Juan Uribe came on the air and gave us the "Thank you, thank you, thank you"? Was that
1: that night? I I don't know, but we did have a lot of people on the on the ground and uh, doing interviews. So I forgot who was for us. I think I feel like I feel like Mully had
2: him on and did that. So, you okay. know, I don't remember if it was that night or what. It but. might have been a different night. Talking
1: about his giant schlong. <laughs> I don't think future Sox fans want to hear about his swong. Yeah, they know. want to hear about
2: hey, schlongs yeah, of the future. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the, the, real, the real top 30.
0: Uh, I don't know if we can go there, but, uh, oh,
1: goodness gracious. Um, um,
2: well, I mean, so much of my history with following the White Sox has to do with with family, right? My dad is a White Sox fan. Uh, my grandfather was a White Sox fan. So, so many of it is just going to games with my dad. You know, we're lucky enough to buy into a season ticket plan in 2005. So talk about fate there. Um, and going to see the first World Series game played in like 50 years, you know, with my dad, game one, it was just an unbelievable feeling. That's a, something that... He never got to experience with his with his dad. You know, he would have only been four years old when the White Sox were in the World Series in 59. So, you know, he did not get a chance to experience that. So just that generational thing connecting, you know, we saw the very first win at New Comiskey Park in 1991. Me, my dad and my grandpa. That was the only game we ever went to, the three of us. So that's a day I'll never forget so much of it. It's just about family and you know friends and traveling with you guys to to different cities and seeing the sox play you know baseball is just such a a family bond type of thing you know what I mean it just lends itself to that so so many of it this two thousand and five season with my dad going to you know seemingly every other game and experiencing the playoffs and, and the World Series run with him and you know it's just stuff like that
3: it's hard it's hard to pick between the 2005 World Series run and the day they acquired Rob Makoviak via free agency, (laughs) but I think it's definitely has to be 2005. I was in eighth grade, and like Tanny, we had also bought a partial season ticket package that year. I think it was like 18 games or something like that, but it was section 533 right behind home plate in the first row. I know you and Lawrence love that section Mm -hmm. right there. First row behind home plate, and we got of course the rights to get a playoff game, so the the day or the day before, my dad surprised me with. He and I going to ALDS game two, just the two of us. Ball under Tony Graftino's legs. Tati Aguchi home run. Just a, a, an experience that uh, I, I don't remember any regular season White Sox games that I've ever been to. I, I can barely remember regular season White Sox games from last year that I went to. I, I can remember waking up that morning, going to school. Being pumped that I was going to ALDS game two, I can remember everything throughout that day, and the experience that I had with my father. Fathers and sons connecting via baseball. It, it's just it's something you can't describe, and unless you've gone through it, you can't relate, and you can't even begin to understand the importance of an experience like that. And as many people want to forget that two thousand five never happened. We know that 11-1, and the best postseason baseball team of all time. Of all time. And even if it's just staying up late watching those games with my mom, who's a huge Cub fan, but was just happy to see me and my dad and my sister happy that the White Sox are in the – the Jeff Blum homer just barely over the wall in the 45th inning, whatever (laughs) the hell it was, at at 1230 at night. Mm -hmm. Just my dad going out the next day or that night getting the hats from each round. Or going to work early the next morning just get it and made sure we had everything it's just it's something i'll never yeah. forget you and i want to be able to give my kids the same thing when i
2: have them you mentioned your mom too i can't yeah. sleep on on the moms in the situation because my mom was the one pulling me out of school on opening day, early April games, you know, taking me to see a White Sox game and getting Lyle Mouton's autograph. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, moms, like, you know, she was so clutch, too. You know, so I don't want to disparage the moms out there right. who had just a bigger role and things like that. So,
0: For me, uh, 2005, a freshman at Purdue, and, you know, I was hanging out with people I didn't even know that night, and, you know, they won. And I hopped in a, in a car with – just complete random strangers that I found on campus that were Sox fans. And we drove up to Chicago and we partied that night. And that was awesome. Just, awesome. Just didn't – I don't know who they are. Never spoke to them after that night. No idea. Took a Spanish exam at 7 a.m. the next day. It was, it was pretty something else. Wow. But anyways, and then also 2008 when I was I was playing baseball at uh, Trinity in Palos Heights, that last month – from I think the Alexi home runs against Detroit. Yeah. Yes. What an game. amazing
2: game that was, that was too. Yeah. Just,
0: it was a rain delay and I a was lot there. Of left. Yes, there you go. The most
2: exciting regular season game <laughs> easily. When you
0: said that, Shane, that's the first thing that popped <laughs> into my mind. And that other than that, I haven't and that the game yet. that Freddie yeah.
2: was
1: dominating. And he's
0: like, he
2: just came out of the game for no good. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's no enough. Thank
1: you. Uh, <laughs> my and, man, Freddie. And yes. then, and then of course, I, I didn't get to
0: go to any, any World Series games. You know, poor freshman in college. Um, but that blackout game in 2008. Yeah. Um sitting in the right field bleachers, that was, you know, from people I have heard that went to both World Series games and that game, they say that that, that was louder at that game than, it's, than it was in the World Series. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay, so I, I was would at believe that blackout it. game, but it, it's not as strong
3: as memory for me because I wasn't with my dad. I was just with a friend. Mm-hmm. My grandpa got me the tickets like a few days before early Christmas present, that kind of thing. That is the loudest game I've ever been to. Yep. And it was three years later, so I've got a little bit better of a memory. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I was second row behind the Twins dugout. It, it it was deafening. Absolutely deafening. That was an unreal experience, but no, it doesn't measure up. No, up in and, 2005.
1: And can you think about it like the World Series games, I mean, I mean game 2 was pretty much tight. Was one game 1 what was it? This it was uh, nervous energy. Yeah, the World game Series. 1 was not really contested that no. way. That game was one nothing. Yeah, everything counted. Like the the catch, show me home the, run. That's it. Yeah, the 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 throw out of the yeah, Ken Ken Jr. Jr. favorite White Sox
3: yeah. of all time. Right yeah, now. Brian Is Anderson that the <laughs> catch to end the game. Oh, mm. and now he's just a regular dude who roams Chicago media.
0: And Brian Anderson came back as a pitcher, didn't he?
3: He tried, he tried to. to. He never made back to the majors, but he tried. Gracious, I think he went
1: he went to high school with like uh, what's that guy on uh, the former Tiger, Ian Kinsler, like they in Arizona. Really. Yeah, like shouldn't have lost the game. So I I grew up
0: in in, in West Lafayette, so I didn't grow up in the, in the area like you guys did. So you know I came up to games in, in the summer, but you know we didn't have season tickets or anything like that. So a, a lot of um, a lot of regular season games, you know, I didn't see a ton growing up. But then obviously as I got older, uh, more but then that that blackout game was was probably it for me. And then obviously when they win the World Series in uh, twenty twenty, so that'll be nice. But. Uh, <laughs> That that'll be good too. But anyways, guys, uh, we could we could do this all night. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys have or no? We, we talked forgot? about Connor Pinkington. i did I'm good. Yeah, and um, we and talked about the top thirty list for other songs. Yeah, Just yeah. real
2: quick, looking at the roster for this year, you know, I was looking oh, at I'd it for, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it earlier today, and you guys, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> As currently constructed, unless something changes. What? Unless, be unless Juan Uribe comes out of retirement and becomes player manager. I don't think they're going to make the that, playoffs this that's year. That's one more thing.
0: Omar Vizquel is going to be a major league <laughs> oh, yeah, manager. We didn't talk about that. No. Yeah. That's 100% happening. That,
2: that's something you can talk about yeah. when they're ready to roll. But do you think I, he's going to be the manager when the I window don't, is completely open?
0: I don't know if it's going to be with the White Sox, but he is going to be a major league manager at some point in time. Um, I don't know their, their affinity for Rick Renteria. I hope that ends at some point. Um, There's but, no
3: reason for them to move him up as quickly as they have throughout the organization if it wasn't going to be with them exactly. starting next season. Han told or you, if they fire Rick Renteria midseason this season, it'll be Omar Vizquel.
0: Han told me that they, in so many words, that he got offers this year. Yeah, to, of course he did. And they had to they had to keep him. Yeah, you know. And I don't know how much money they gave money him. At him. Yeah. But uh, Omar Vizquel will be a major league manager at some point in the near future. I don't know if it's going to be with the White Sox. I hope it is.
1: I mean, it's great that he actually took the assignment in A ball Right. Yeah. Um, when he did. I mean, I'm sure he got like, hey, you can
2: come be my bench coach. I was going to say, do you think yep. they'll fast track him to bench yeah. coach just to kind Could of
1: and yeah. get
3: rid of Super Joe? Oof, Super Joe ain't going anywhere. He <laughs> was he's
2: the coolest guy I saw. Oh, dude. His
1: skinny <laughs> jeans with like those bright colored shoes <laughs> and his glasses. I mean, he's it's... like a surfer. I don't really believe in managers making a huge difference, oh, but I go. also but it I is. also oh think God. that this he man, this man, we're 75 minutes in, but I think that this man will, I, I, I think I predicted on my Twitter that he will be the White Sox manager by 2020. Totally. He's, a, he's a guy that was I'm out board. there,
0: out there, you know, out there taking ground balls and Nick Madrigal and BP and just, you know, I don't think Rick Rintree is doing that, but uh, well, he learning, can. he can barely you know, bend down, he can't, down. can't move.
2: Um, to see, <laughs> we've downgraded Rick Renteria to a cripple over the course of the 75 minutes. It didn't even take long either. Oh goodness! He's, just, he's, uh, making, he's Rick... making fresh guac and doing everything he can. No, no, no Renteria thing. He doesn't make guacamole. No, but, he doesn't, made ceviche but doesn't he have he avocados on his farm?
3: Well, m- Maybe I, I don't know. But he did in our 670 the Score culinary kitchen. Yeah. he made ceviche. And was it good? Was it? It was good. It it was, was
2: Omar so Viscalbiche well, better? You know,
0: maybe <laughs> maybe Omar will be the manager and he can open up a restaurant. That's fine. That, that's perfectly fine. The only thing field. I
1: like about Rick Rittery, he lives in San Diego. That's it. <laughs> um, San Diego County. All
0: right, guys. Uh thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Thank and, you for having us. Yeah, and you know, it's just been it's been an awesome time, and I'm glad you guys could do it. I'm glad we could all do it instead of doing it over Skype, which would have been a, a disaster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for having me. And uh, hey, I, mean, you, I don't hey, you yeah, had us. You man. had us. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you guys was provide the studio. You guys hosted me. You know, I feel like a guest here, so I appreciate everything. And uh, it's been a blast talking talking White Sox. Thank to you, you guys. man. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. That's it. Future Sox uh, podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff at Future Sox. We'll have another one coming up soon. Pitchers and catchers in a week. And then the uh, season gets going in just about two months. Regular season games. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I know I had a good time doing it. So once again, thanks a lot for listening. And. Uh, Till next time, it's been the Future Sox podcast.